RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Closing the Distance. My name is Lindsay Slocum. I'm one of the pastors here at Roswell Presbyterian Church, and I have the honor this week of sitting with Jeff Myers, our senior pastor who preached a fabulous sermon on generosity yesterday. I do feel like, just kind of for background, I want to circle back to something you said in the very beginning of this the sermon series, because I want to kind of keep holding that. But remember the very first week you talked about that the fruit of the spirit, which is the sermon series we're working through, but the word fruit is singular. And so as we're working our way through and looking at all these different aspects of it, right? Is that how you phrased it? Reset that all up, I guess, is what I'm saying for us before we dive into this week's aspect. Yeah, so the, I, I would say it's the fruit of the spirit, or we might call prismatic, that there are various aspects of a singular fruit. Um Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. Jonathan Edwards, I think it's in his religious affections, says one of the ways that we can tell that they're authentic fruit is that they all come, um, all those aspects come together, that the spirit causes all those aspects in our life uh, to be exhibited. I don't think it's an exhaustive list. I think it's representative. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's more than just love, joy, peace, patience, but Paul is just, Paul loves lists. And this was a a common feature of writing in the Greco-Roman world that you would, You'd have a list of virtues or a list of vices. And I think he's saying, this is the fruit of the spirit, but various aspects of this singular fruit. Okay. That's super helpful. And thinking about it all as kind of one, would you say we're thinking about it as a gift from the spirit or evidence of the work of the spirit, by the way, when we think about it as fruit? Uh, say, Say that again. Do I think it's? Or maybe it's both. But when we talk about how it, it, when these things manifest themselves in our lives, are we saying that this is a gift that the spirit has given us this kind of peace, love, joy, um, or we're saying that it's evidence of the spirit in our lives. Like this is, we can see that the spirits at work. I think it may be a both and rather than yeah. either or that these, yeah. I mean, my argument is like there's these theological truths of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ and is, and we see ourselves in Christ, that we will begin to bear fruit of the Spirit's presence in our lives. So this is like, to make like an analogy, like, like today, Lindsay, you're going to, you're going to, you're hosting staff lunch, right? And you're going to celebrate some folks, you're going to give some directions about where to get the food. And you are the one doing all of those things. But you're directing, you're commanding, you're praying. 
And they're all different aspects of your personality, but it's a singular you, right? And I think yeah. to think about that way. Um, and so then when you leave and some and I and somebody's gonna say, Well, what was it like when Lindsay was here? And I'll be like, Well, she was she was telling us, giving us directions, but she also prayed for us. She did some commendations and some celebrations. And they said, what? She did all of those things? No way. And I'm like, well, she's a complicated person. There's different aspects <laughs> to her personality. And so your presence was acknowledged and was experienced with us in many different ways because of who you are and the gifts you bring. Um, and I think in a similar way, the spirit's presence in our lives is expressed in various ways at different times and places. Um, but it's a singular fruit. Okay, that's really helpful. I like that analogy very much. Thank you. Then our so the aspect that we looked at this week or that you looked at um, this week was generosity. And I, I want to circle back to um, something you said at the very beginning of the sermon. I think it, it's really helpful. And I want to make sure we pay attention to that. I think just as we kind of build up our own biblical education, it's important to note. But you talked about how the NIV translates that word as goodness, whereas the NRSV, which we use, translates it as generosity. So I was thinking it might be helpful just to talk about that for a second and how how and or why interpreters make different decisions um, when you've got, you know, it's the same Greek word that everybody's looking at, and yet some people come out with generosity and some people come out with goodness. And I just think it's helpful for us to remember that there are people trying to make these educated interpretations. Um, and, and so we do the same when we're looking at scriptures, trying to be educated. But anyway, so, so do you know why? Do you have any idea why they might have chosen generosity versus goodness? Or uh, anyway, just kind of talk yeah. through. So the word is, uh, the root word is agathos. Um, I think it's in in our passage. I think uh, it's um, adjectival. <laughs> but, um, but I think, so translators are trying to communicate, I think, the original author's intent, okay? Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is communicating it from one context to another, you've got to, you got to, that's what the nature of translation is. You're trying to keep the original idea, but put it in terms that somebody contemporary is going to receive, okay? So, like, um, if you ever had to read like Canterbury's Tales or Chaucer back, you know, you're like, right. what in the world is he talking about? I have no idea. Right. And you need somebody to help you translate it. Okay. And I think the NRSV is a little bit more um, trying to translate word for word, whereas the NIV and some like the message are more paraphrasical. They're trying to paraphrase and give you a general gist of an idea. Okay. And so I don't really like honing in too much on one word and saying, this is what it is, uh, or this translation difference makes a huge difference. Rather, okay, in this passage, okay, Paul's writing, we know when Paul uses this word, how does he usually use it? What does he mean? In the broader story of scripture, how does it understand generosity or goodness and things like that? And so my argument is, is I think the NRSV chose generosity because it wanted to show that this goodness is for others, okay? Mm -hmm. that, it, that it flows out and it's it's meant to make an impact. It's not meant just to um, 
for us to feel good. And I think, I, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm wondering if in the translator's mind, they have this idea of, you know, Plato's idea of the good. And like, that's a, in Greek philosophy, that's a very, um, that's a very distinct idea uh, in a whole kind of different philosophical way. And they're trying to say it's, Paul's not saying good in that platonic sense. He's saying mm. generous, um, that this goodness flows out and makes an impact in the world for others. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. Yeah. And I think, I think too, it's important for us to kind of continue to remember that there's, there's a group of people that are exactly what you're saying. They're trying to communicate it as clearly as they understand that it was meant how to. And so when we're doing our Bible study, you know, looking at different translations or even going back to the Greek, which, you know, you and I spent lots of class time doing, but now you can just go to the internets and it will give you the Greek word. <laughs> so you can save a lot of money on seminary, just go to the internet. Um, and then you can look and you can see too, like other places that Greek word is used and, and kind of figure out you know, how Paul was using stuff too. I think that's really good. And we have so many tools available to us. I, you know, like in my, one of my men's Bible studies, I invite, I encourage you guys bring any Bible you have, bring various ones. And then let's compare and say, okay, they chose generosity. They chose goodness. Why do we think so? Mm -hmm. and, and those different perspectives help us get to the idea as we prayerfully kind of reflect on what the, what scripture is trying to say to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm like, I don't know about you, but I'm like not elitist about what, um, what translation we use. Um, you know, I'm more like, let's bring a bunch of different voices to the table. And then, and then from that, we can see what we think is, what does it mean? Yes. Yeah. And what does it mean for us? I'm yes. You know, and what the difference is it's calling um is it way is it calling me to respond to the text? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I do love when everybody brings their different translations. Um, because you know that the King James is gonna be very different than what we're reading in the NIV. And then people will have paraphrases like the message or the living Bible. And so it is really helpful because we'll read and there'll be a whole phrase that's in some people's bibles and not in other people's bibles and so then we can talk through like what happened here and um so i do i just i think that's fun i think that's the fun part of studying scripture for sure i agree okay so then um so you get into your ser your sermon and you're you're really your primary question i feel like you ask is do you find it difficult to be generous and then you really spend a lot of the sermon trying to think through one what does it mean to be generous and why are we generous? But then two, why is it difficult and why do people find it difficult? And you kind of come back to, there's two places um, or there's two kind of thoughts that you gave to that. That one of them is that people might feel like they don't have enough. And so that makes our duty generous. Or um, you talked a lot about fear, that fear holds us back, fear I'm not going to have enough, whatever. What I thought was fascinating then is then you talked about the, uh, the book, A Lot of Lattes. Is that right? That's what it was called? Uh, it's an article, but he, uh, Ron yeah. Sander wrote that book, uh, Rich Christians in an Age of, uh, Rich Christians in an Age of Plenty, I think. Okay. It, well, so that's the very thing I want to talk about. So if you talked about how um, the the phrase I wrote down was that the income quadrupled. No, rich, rich, rich Christians in an Age of Hunger. That's the name of his uh, the book. 
anyway, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. okay, no, that's uh, no, that's perfect because it, the, you talked about how people's income quadrupled, but giving had declined, and so I just I wanted uh, to think about. I said, no, um, okay, their uh, their disposable income quadrupled, not their income. Okay. Okay. Well, so, so kind of even. Like, so as your, you know, your income could go up, but if your expenses go up at the same rate, your your disposable income will go up. But if your expenses go down and your income goes up, then that's right. how to quadruple over a short amount of time. Yeah. Well, so but so people are clear about the stats. Yeah. 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 No, that's perfect. But I, I feel like that kind of um, even further makes the point than when you're talking about disposable income quadrupling, but giving declining. And so I guess I'm still going to ask the question, then why does it seem so difficult to be generous if people, they do have enough and are they still struggling with fear that they're not going to have enough when their disposable income has quadrupled? Like, are we still struggling with fear at that point? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think sometimes in my personal experience and I've witnessed it for others, the more people have, oftentimes the more they have to lose. Uh, and the fear is, is worse. You know, you know, you've heard the phrase, well, what else do I have to lose? You're willing to take risks because what do you have to lose? Whereas if you have a lot to lose, it's difficult to take risks. Uh, and when risks, uh, are in terms of generosity, um, I, you know, I, I was trying to speak kind of autobiographically about my own kind of experience as I was interrogating why is, is it tough to be generous? Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of it is fear-based. Um, and, you know, and it holds me back sometimes from being generous. And I've got different practices. I mean, tithing, um, you know, sometimes I'll be like, somebody asks me for money on the street, I just give. Not not for them, but for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I, you know, we've tried in our family, try to make, you know, giving to the church and charitable giving a real discipline that, um, you know, that we give a portion of our, our income, uh, to the work of ministry. And I think as a leader in the church, it's important for me to put my money where my mouth is. Cause if I'm asking other people to do that, then I need to be doing that. Sure. Um, there's some authenticity there. And then I think, um, and then sometimes, you know, like I'll over tip and, you know, just over tip, not, and I feel better about it. Like you bless a server or a barista or somebody and they're like, wow, um, that's, thank you. Or, or just, you just want them to know, like somebody cares and appreciates what you're doing. So, and I remember when I was in working more in service industries, I just loved it when somebody over tipped me, I'd be like, wow, they give you $20 on a $20 ticket. Right. Um, right. I think to contribute that just makes me feel good about myself and contributing to more of goodness and generosity in the world. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I agree with you about this idea of fear and, and fear holding people back. I mean, I think we see it in lots of areas of our life. So it makes sense that mm -hmm. it would also be a place here that we're really struggling with it. And I think scripture is really clear. Like, I mean, I feel like anytime the angels appear, their first line is like, don't be afraid. I think yeah, we yeah. are constantly bringing fear into a situation. And this is a, this is a big ask, I think huh? being generous and really giving up a piece of who we are. And so I think fear plays into that pretty significantly. So I totally agree with you on all that. Okay. 
So then this, I've been dying for us to circle back because the last time you and I talked in the sermon series, you were interviewing me and uh, you totally stopped me. Like I, I couldn't come up with a good answer and I've spent some time thinking about it. So I'm now going to ask you, um, which aspect of the fruit of the spirit do you find easiest? And then which one do you find the hardest? The hardest one wasn't hard for me to answer, but the easiest one was hard. So you yeah. tell me. So the easiest Huh. I think probably either peace or joy for me. Um, mm. I think about what God has done for me in Jesus Christ, that it's kind of hard not to be joyful um, and find a sense of peace uh, with that. I think um, generosity is probably, probably the most difficult of the ones we've, of the aspects we've looked at so far. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I would say my answers are. What are, what are yeah. yours? Oh, I, I still don't really have a great answer for it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I, 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 but I was thinking about how, um, as we, as I work my way through my life, different things are harder for me. Right. And so three yeah. teenage boys in my house make self-control really hard for me. <laughs> yeah. so plenty of times that I'm ready to just holler at everybody and have to sit and like think for a minute. So like this morning when I noticed every room in our house has dirty socks on the floor, every room, every single one. <laughs> now, I'll be honest, were any of those yours? No, no, we're in the summer. And so I don't wear socks because I either have on sandals or my work shoes. Oh, I guess when I walks, I wear socks then. But anyway, no, none of them were mine. It's all like stinky boy socks all over my house. <laughs> Boys are so gross. I mean, I think the dog helps distribute them as well, but nonetheless, it's just disgusting at my house. But anyway. <laughs> That's the path you have been called to walk. <laughs> I guess so. So weird. Uh, what's our, what aspect of fruit are we looking at next week? Um, uh, uh, Carrie is looking at faithfulness. Oh, that's right. That's right. Which I actually am so pleased the faithfulness is what the topic is for next week, because we're also going to celebrate the, the work and ministry of Randy Jackson um, as he retires again. Um, and I, I just what a fitting match to talk about faithfulness of the same week. We're talking about Randy and his, his ministry, and we only had him for five or six years, but he has been in professional ministry his whole career. So it's um, just a fantastic example of faithfulness. So we're, that'll be that line up well good to celebrate and we have that luncheon if people want to join us after the 11 o'clock service on sunday where we celebrate him we're doing a taco bar right That's yes a, yes delicious. love tacos. tacos tacos we let randy pick the menu so it's tacos he wanted steaks i'm sure we, he... oh. <laughs> so we can't afford that <laughs> so we're doing tacos yeah yeah i also just before we completely wrap up i just um wanted to mention you know, we talked a little bit about generosity this past Sunday, but we're going to take a whole season to focus in on that coming up here pretty soon, right? In October? Yes. Yeah, we're going to call it generosity. We usually call it season of generosity. Um, it'll be more, less of like the virtue, like the personal virtue, individual virtue of being generous, which is what we talked about Sunday, and more about generosity as a community. Like, mm -hmm. we've been called to do this ministry. Um 
you know, we've been doing it since 1839. It's our chance to step up. How are we going to be generous to make sure it can continue to happen? Uh, we can make an impact in our community, in the world, in both folks inside the church and outside. And so we'll hear stories uh, uh, of people volunteer with youth ministry. We'll hear some from our mission partners. We'll hear about uh, the building and the physical plant that we're a part of and some of the needs that uh, we have to take care of uh, to be good stewards of what God has given us. So uh, we'll spend about four or five weeks. We're going to look. I'm really excited. We're going to look at the book of Nehemiah, who was a great builder. He had to carry about the practical aspects of the ministry he was called to. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. I've never preached on it. Uh, so it's going to be really fun uh, to explore it. And then at the end, our, our hope is that people will make pledges of financial commitment for 2024 of what they plan to give to the church so we can uh, wisely budget for the ministry we're called to. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited you're doing Nehemiah. That's a great book. I think that'll that'll pair up really nicely with this idea of generosity and and you know the other thing too as you're saying all of these things and you're talking about how you know about the the work that God's been doing here since 1839 and the stories that people are going to tell and looking at Nehemiah there's all of these kind of testimonies to looking at people who have been generous and the amazing things God has done with that and so kind of circling back to what we were just talking about too about fear I think that 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 helps build up our, our trust, our faith, because we've seen over and over again, how God has been at work and God has done these amazing things when we have been generous. Um, and so we can kind of trust in that and, and move forward in faith and not in fear too. So that, that's cool. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, I really, I agree. It's going to be great. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks for spending some time with me this morning. It was a great sermon on Sunday and we'll look forward to faithfulness next Sunday. You're very kind, Lindsay. Well, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for your ministry, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, perfect. Thank you.